It's good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. We're glad to have visitors. And, and for our visitors, if you didn't grab a bulletin, they have sermon notes. If you'd like to follow along with the sermon today, uh, those are, are always posted in our bulletin. And we also have some house-to-house, heart-to-heart pamphlets back there as well. And, and we'd be happy for you to take one of those and read it and pass it on to someone else if you'd like. But our lesson for this morning is entitled, The Virtuous Woman. And it's a study of Proverbs chapter 31. And if you'll be turning there and following along, we'll use the entire chapter today. Um, but I think it's a very good lesson for us. It's a, it's a good sermon in and of itself. But as we look at Proverbs chapter 31, it is a, a very good description of the virtuous woman. We often, I think, take for granted, we often look at, maybe in the wrong way, the role of women in our lives and, and mothers and wives and, and whatever role they may play in our lives. But as we look at women, as we look at what God created, we see that He created woman to be virtuous. She was virtuous from... The beginning from creation. We read in Genesis chapter 2 of how a woman came to be and how God placed her in the life of man. Genesis chapter 2 and beginning with verse 18 says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Adam said in verse 23, This is now bone of my bones. And flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. And be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. Now what we see from the beginning is that from her creation. Woman was to be. First of all a helper for man. God saw man and saw that he had no one comparable to him. He created woman to be a helper to him. She was to be a blessing from the beginning. We also see that woman was to be the one that man left his parents to cling to. Now there t- comes a time in our lives whenever we do leave our home. And this gives us 
a good reason for it as well. But they are to cling to each other in marriage. Man is to be joined unto his wife. They, they become one flesh. They act as one throughout the rest of their existence together. But woman was created as a blessing to man. Sometimes I think we take that for granted. The woman in today's society has been greatly underrated and abused in many ways, whether we realize it or not. She has become a possession as if man can add her to his trophy collection. She has been portrayed as less than intelligent and something to be made fun of. God, however, created woman to be cherished, treasured, and protected. In many examples in the Bible, the woman is portrayed as strong and wise. Now we do have some exceptions. We do have some women that, that were not that strong, that were not that good. But we do have some wonderful examples. In Proverbs 31, King Lemuel is encouraged by his mother to seek a virtuous wife. As his mother, she knows what she wants for her son. For young men not yet married, this is great advice of what to be looking for in a wife. For married men, this is a reminder of what you have sought and hopefully found in your spouse. For women, married or not, this is an example of what God wants you to be for your husband or your husband-to-be. And in general, what He wants you to be as a woman. And certainly what He wants you to be to your family. The woman described in Proverbs 31 is God's definition of virtuous. This woman is worthy of great honor. King Lemuel is mostly understood to be Solomon. I believe a lot of the things that are written as far as the books of wisdom were written in his later years. And we know that he made his mistakes. But certainly there are some great things that we can learn from these words. Whether this is Solomon or not. But first of all, let's look at King Lemuel's mother. And let's just notice her. We look at, at, at King Lemuel's mother here as someone that is very special. And she wants for her son someone who is very special. And so she gives him words of advice. She gives him these things to go by in seeking a woman. We begin the chapter with verse 1. Proverbs 31, verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. What, my son? And what, son of my womb? And what, son of my vow? Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. 
is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless, the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. The words of King Lemuel's mother are to be admired as they show love and care for her son. She begins with words of warning. Warning against the deception of influential women. Don't give your strength over to them. Remain strong. As you lead people, remain strong. And she also warns them against intoxication. We know the effects that, that drinking can have on people, especially for a king. What she is saying to him, as you lead God's people, don't be under the influence of some substance, of something that will, will turn your heart, that will turn your soberness away from God. And so she gives these warnings to him as he is to lead his people. Uh, avoid things that will, that will guide you in the wrong direction. But she also gives them words of encouragement here as well. Words of encouragement to always judge soberly. That's part of the job of a king. And that's why she warns them against intoxication. The influence of, of substances or other things. Judge righteously. Do your job as a king. As a leader to people. Always judge righteously. <coughs> Going back to verses 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the speechless and the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. As king, he had great responsibilities. And he needed to tend to these responsibilities in the right way. And so she gives him these words of encouragement to guide him in his further walk. King Lemuel's mother is one to be respected honored and imitated. Now, I have to wonder in my own thoughts if, if this is Solomon could this not be Bathsheba? And what kind of a commentary would that speak to her life though she made some grave mistakes that these are the words that she spoke to him of the virtuous woman teaching him what to look for in his wife. Just something to think about. But as we get into the rest of the chapter, we see a description of the virtuous woman. 
There are eight virtues, at least as I have divided them, that are described in the following verses of Proverbs 31. We begin with the ideal woman, the ideal wife for a man. Proverbs 31 and verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. I don't know a lot about rubies. I don't know a lot about jewels. But what I do know is that they are of great value, no matter what kind of jewel they may be. And sometimes we forget the value of a virtuous woman. If we have found that in our lives, we should take great pride and great care of that woman. We should see her worth as far above anything that we would consider valuable in our own lives. You know, whenever it comes to any kind of jewelry or something like that, we take great care of it, make sure it's polished. If, if something gets damaged, we take it to the jewelry store, we get it repaired, whatever needs to be done. And sometimes there's great cost in keeping something like that in pristine condition. But men, if we have found a virtuous wife, we are to see her as worth far above anything that we have in this life. Far above anything that we would consider valuable. A virtuous woman it's hard to find, it seems, in today's society. If we have found one, take great pride in her. Do whatever you can to take care of her because she is worth so much in your life. And so King Lemuel's mother is telling him, find a virtuous woman, find a virtuous wife. For her worth is far above rubies. She is the dependable companion. So that's what is said in verses 11 and 12. Proverbs 31 verses 11 and 12. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil. All the days of her life. We should be able to see our women, our wives as dependable. And certainly as children we see our mothers as dependable, do we not? She is well to be trusted. He will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not evil. All the days of her life. We are also told of the woman's work. There is great debate today between preachers and elders. And there are many who believe that a woman should not have a job outside of the home. And 
I don't necessarily believe that, at least in my own opinion. But as we look at this chapter, we see that the woman, whether she is a homemaker, or whether she does work outside of the home to help provide for her family, we see that the woman is a great worker. She is always busy in doing something, and sometimes we forget that as well. But notice what is said in chapter, well, same chapter, verse 13. Let's look at verses 13 through 15. And we're going to skip around a little bit through the rest of the chapter. Look at the work of a woman. Proverbs 31, 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hand. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. Verse 21. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Verse 27. She watches over the ways of her household, does not eat the bread of idleness. A mother's work is never done. She is constantly looking after her family, providing for her family, taking care of her husband, making sure that, that whatever needs he has are met, and, and in good abundance. Notice what is said in verse 22. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Another sign of great value. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. And she watches over the ways of her household. She watches over her children. She watches over her husband. She watches over everything that her household does. She's not idle. Not by any means. The virtuous woman is the economic expert, as we read in verses 16 through 19. She considers a field and buys it from her profits. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamb does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. Considers a field and buys it. For profits she plants a vineyard. She does those things that, that help her household. And she's very good at what she does. The virtuous woman is of an unselfish spirit. Notice verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. 
looks after the needs of other people. Whenever she sees the need, she tries to provide it. That is something to be admired in a woman. We notice her strength and disposition. In Proverbs 31 and verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. We notice her wisdom and kind-heartedness in verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness. And above all, we find that the virtuous woman, the virtuous wife, virtuous mother, We see that she is praiseworthy. Some years ago, I'm not sure exactly the origin of it, but there's a day set aside to honor mother. And it's a good day, don't get me wrong, but I do believe that we should honor our mothers, our women, our wives, every day, every way that we can. But we see that the virtuous woman is definitely worthy of praise. Notice the verses that we use as our scripture reading. Verses 28 through 31. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gate. Her children rise up and call her blessed. And that's exactly what we're doing today. Her husband also, and he praises her. There are aspects of, of a woman that, that do pass at some point. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, a woman who fears God, woman who respects Him, who honors Him, who worships Him, who teaches her children the same, to fear God, who is a good example for her husband and all those around her. She is worthy of praise. giver of the fruit of her hands. All the things that, that she labors in. Give her the fruit that comes from those labors. And let her own works praise her in the gates. 
Some of our mothers have passed on from this life. And even so, does her works not follow her? You know, as we look at motherhood, especially, whenever we look at mothers, we see that even those that have had mothers that have passed on from this line, look back to them in fond memory, more so than fathers. And rightly so, children spend a great deal of time with their mothers in most cases. But whenever we look back at, at our mothers, do we see them in fond memory? Do we see that our mothers were those that feared God? And do we strive to imitate them in that way? Do we also fear God? Do we teach those lessons to our children, our grandchildren? Our great-grandchildren. A virtuous woman is one who is remembered for a long time after her passing because she is worthy of praise. Because she has lived a life in honor and service of God. If we've had mothers, if we have wives that fear God and serve Him, do we strive to do the same? Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1, Imitate me, even as I also imitate Christ. Not necessarily an imitation of Paul's life because of the way he lived but because of the example that he followed. Do we follow the example of the virtuous women in our lives? Are we Christians? And are we faithful? We know what we're taught in Scripture to do to become Christian. We are to, by faith, also repent of our sins. Repent of the way that we have lived, change, turn to God. We are to confess that Christ is the Son of God. We are to be baptized for the remission of our sins. And it doesn't end with baptism. Because we're also taught to live a faithful life. And at some point in our lives, if time continues as normal, if nothing hinders that, we will eventually see the past of our mothers. Some already have. But we see the example that they set. And we strive to follow that example. And eventually, we want to see our mothers again. We want to see them in heaven. But we're told in Scripture that we need to live a life that is worthy of praise in some ways. We need to live a life that God will look to and that He will usher us in. The life of a Christian, the life of a faithful Christian is the only way for us to live in this world.
We have so many loved ones that have passed on and we want to see them again. That's the way to do so. To live faithfully for God. I don't know where you stand. I don't know your heart. But if you're not a Christian, if you're not a faithful Christian, we always offer an invitation. We do so in, in case someone needs to respond and, and make their heart and life right in the sight of God. If you have any need, anything that we can help you with as a congregation, and we give you the opportunity to come. Together we stand and as we sing.